I've titled um, today's message, Embracing Christmas. Embracing Christmas. And so today, we're going to take a look at several individuals in the Bible and how the events of Christmas change their lives. Um, I read a quote this morning on my way in um, on Facebook, and I will read it a little later in the message. But the essence of it was, and we'll go back to it as I said, the essence of it was that no one who came in contact or comes in contact with Jesus is ever the same. And we will see that as we look at these profiles um, of these individuals that God decided we're going to hear about His wonderful gift of a Savior. So to start out, Let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verses 30 to 38. I really appreciate Luke, and um, over at Howland Gospel Chapel, I've been preaching um, through the book of Luke, actually since May of 2013, once a month, and I will probably be done there around May of this year. But it's just been a wonderful thing, May of 2018, I should say. But it's just been a wonderful study of how detailed Luke was. And as God gave him um, the words to write down, that he never left anything off. And it was also an interesting testament to the fact that you don't have to check your intelligence at the door to embrace the truth of the gospel. Luke was a physician a very detail-oriented person, and so for him to attest to the gospel was a great testimony to many. And he writes in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, um, and I'm, I'm actually going to back up a little bit to 26, I think. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused, to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob, and his kingdom, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also this holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, which is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. 
And there's a lot here, and uh, we could probably preach a whole sermon just on this, but I just want to point out a couple things. First of all, um, the angel Gabriel had already been to Elizabeth and, um, you know, forecasted to Zechariah, actually, the, the birth of John the Baptist, that it was going to happen. And uh, she's six months pregnant, and then the angel comes to Mary. And he says to her, and it says um, she, she saw him, and was troubled, and he said to her, Fear not. And then it says, You have found favor with God. And I think it's kind of interesting because there are certain denominations who say that Mary was sinless, or if she wasn't sinless, she was made sinless by the fact that she had the Savior within her. But we see her later on in this chapter she will say my spirit rejoices in God my savior for he has regarded the lowly estate of his handmaiden there was nothing special about Mary the only thing special about Mary was when God called she answered yes she says at the end of this passage be it unto me according to your word So as we look at this Christmas season and this Christmas coming up tomorrow, may we be followers of him who will say, be it unto me according to your word, Lord. Who will embrace the Christ of Christmas. And we also see there's very specific things here. He says, you will conceive a son and will call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Highest. And he will be given the throne of his father, David. Remember, God said to David, I will establish your throne forever. It will never end. Well, the only way for David's throne to never end was that someone eternal would be on it. And Jesus fit that bill. And he's still reigning on the throne of David. And he will once again... One day reign on the throne of David on the earth. That's the promise of God. And then he explains how the Holy Ghost would come upon her and she would conceive and bear a son. And then, when she's just still thinking this is totally impossible, how can it happen? He gives her the example of Elizabeth. He said Elizabeth was barren, but now she's expecting. Why? Because nothing is impossible with God. And that's the God that you and I serve today. The God of the impossible. I have seen him do amazing things throughout my life. And I know that if he tarries in 2018, there's even more amazing things here to come. Because that's the promise of serving him. And... uh, as we look at this, we see the fulfillment of a verse, verse and verses in the Old Testament. You know, everything that Jesus did fulfilled the scriptures. I've heard it said that the, the chances that one man could fulfill all the Old Testament 
scriptures concerning the Messiah are like millions to one, if not more. There's so much that had to take place. But let's look at one of these prophecies, and if you have your Bible with you, um, hopefully you can be turning, and whoever gets there first can stand and read it for us. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, as we see a little bit of a foreshadowing of what Mary was just told in this passage. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What is the most popular thing for a celebrity in particular, but for many people to ask for on their grown-up Christmas list? What's one thing that gets thrown about all the time as something that we should wish for on Christmas? World peace. My friends, the only time that world peace will ever occur is when the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus, puts his feet back down on this earth and makes everything right. That's when world peace is coming. And I'm looking forward to it. But it can only come through that. Not through any nuclear disarmament that this world comes up with. Not through any social program. Not through any political agenda. But only through the power of the Prince of Peace. Because he paid for our peace through his blood. What a wonderful truth that is. Alright, as we continue to... um, visit people who were affected by this story. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, of course, we know that Mary had this wonderful thing told to her, and of course she's probably scared, but more than anything, she's probably scared about what she's going to tell Joseph. And we never read about their conversation, but obviously she went and told him fairly shortly afterwards because... He finds out, and what does it say? He says, it says that he wants to put her away privately. But we're going to see in this passage in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 25, that something miraculous happens for Joseph as well. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 says, well, I'm just going to back up to 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be a child of the Holy Ghost. In other words, Mary had had this conversation with him, and he didn't know what to do. He knew that he loved her. He knew that he wanted to be, do right by her. And so it says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled what which was spoken of by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, 
and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, thought about it for two weeks, and then did what Jesus said, or what God said. No, it doesn't say that. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. You know, we talk about a lot of different aspects about the Christmas story, but we don't talk a whole lot about Joseph, and I think we need to talk about him more. Joseph was an amazing man. Because every time God called him and gave him a directive, he did what God said. God said, take Mary, your wife, and he does. God said, take your wife, take your wife and flee to Egypt, and he did. God said, Herod's dead, now take your son, take um, my son back to your people. And he did. Every time God called him, he was sensitive to that call. And he did that which God asked him to do. Oh, that we would be men and women who would be sensitive that way. That when God calls us, he would do what he asks. Even if it's not the popular thing. If someone could um, look very quickly at Psalm 143, 8. That's Psalm 143, verse 8. Let me hear your loving kindness in the morning. For I trust in you. Teach me the way in which I should walk. This, even though we never read that this was Moses' exact prayer, this was his attitude. Teach me the way that I should walk. I mean, he was tasked with the almost impossible task of being stepfather to the very creator of the universe. It says that Jesus, after he was in the temple and he he was lost from them, and then they went and found him in the temple. And he, he says that he went back and was subject unto them, and that he grew in favor and in stature with God and with man. You notice also that when Jesus was eight days old, what happened? Joseph brought him to the temple to dedicate him to God because that was what God asked for. This was a man who was a man after God's own heart. Mary was obviously a godly woman herself, but my dad points out that Joseph probably had a lot to do with the fact that God entrusted Mary with this task. Because he knew that Joseph was a just man. Alright, moving right along through our trip to visit these people. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. Verses 12 to 16. Luke 2, 12 to 16. We're going to meet some shepherds who find out some wonderful news. And you would think from human logic that if 
you were going to uh, proclaim this news, you would go to the higher-ups. Maybe you would go straight to King Herod. But we find out in Matthew chapter 2 that Herod's heart was not right before God. And he was not prepared to hear the message. But Luke 2 um, uh, verses 12 um, verse, I'm going to start with verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill to men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said unto one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing, which the Lord has, which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. There was no delay. The news of Jesus prompted the shepherds to action. We've got to go see this baby. We've got to go see the result of this good news that we've been told about. That's how excited they were about Jesus. And my friends, that's how excited I want to be about Jesus. When I share about him with other people. May we be filled with similar excitement this Christmas. May we know what it means to embrace this wonderful news for ourselves. We often talk about putting our name in John 3.16. For God so loved Andrew that he gave his only begotten son. But how about this? For unto Andrew... For unto Mark, for unto Ron, is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Put your name in there, because it's just as true for you as it was for those shepherds all those years ago. For unto you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And I just, I find it so encouraging that Jesus didn't require you to have, be rich, to have money, to have status. All he required was that your heart would be ready. And when he knew that people would receive the message, he went to them and gave it to them freely. Think about Cornelius. He did alms. He prayed to God every day. And what did God do? He didn't say, because of that, you're saved. No, he knew that the only way for Cornelius to be saved was to hear about the blood of Christ. So he sent Peter and said, Peter, go to Cornelius, share with him the gospel, and he will believe. And Peter went back to his brethren and said, it's true that the Gentiles can embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm glad for that because I am a Gentile, but I've been grafted in. 
I've been brought near by the blood of Christ. The cross of Christ has changed me from death to life. And I'm so thankful for that this Christmas Eve. Let's look at Romans 5. Romans 5 verse 1. Why did the angel say peace on earth and goodwill to men? Because Jesus is our peace. Jesus would die for our sins and rise again the third day to prove that we had peace with God. We talked about a cradle this morning, but you know what? The cradle led to the cross. The cradle led to the cross. May we remember that and be blessed by it. All right, finally, we're going to look at two more people and then we'll close. But Luke 2, 25 to 38. Luke 2, 25 to 38. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when his parents brought the child to Jesus to do um, for him after the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul, and the thoughts of many hearts shall be revealed. And so we have in this passage a man named Simeon. Uh, The implication is that he is um, quite an older man. So it's quite possible that he's been waiting for years for this. Remember, Abraham waited for 25 years from the time of God's promise to the time. Or, no, yeah, Abraham waited 25 years approximately from the time of God's promise to the time of Isaac's birth. And at points, he went his own way, and it caused a lot of trouble, trouble that is still happening today in the Middle East. Because he decided that he would go about man's way of fulfilling God's plan. But God's work done God's way will never lack God's 
provision. Please remember that. And so we have this man named Simeon. And the Holy Spirit leads him into the temple. And uh, he finds Jesus there being dedicated. And he takes him into his arms, which I don't know if this was weird for Joseph and Mary. Or if they just had this sense that it was the proper thing. But he takes Jesus into his arms. And he says, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Think about this. He's a, this is a baby. A fairly newborn baby, eight days old. And yet, this man is saying, mine eyes have seen your salvation. It's not what we would expect, is it? Not actually what we would expect at all. But God does things in a far different way than we often will. Which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people, a light to lighten the Gentiles. There I am again! A light to lighten the Gentiles. And the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. And then, of course, we see later in the passage, he says to Mary, a sword will pierce your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And we see that as Jesus hung on the cross, no doubt a sword was piercing Mary's soul. And then it says, and there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phenuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was of a great age, and then lived with the husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And she, coming in in the instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Think about this. In both cases... We see the Holy Spirit working mightily in these people's lives. They were prepared for the coming of the Lord. And so when the Lord came, He revealed Himself to them. Revealed Him to themselves. My friends, if you want to know Jesus this Christmas season, if you want to experience Christmas in a new and exciting way, may I urge you to bow the knee to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is everything he says that he is. You know, a lot of people say, well, well, he, he, was, a, he was a good teacher. But as C.S. Lewis says, he was either a liar or a lunatic or he was who he said he was. Those are the only choices. Because a good teacher doesn't say, before Abraham was, I am. That can only be said by the Almighty God. I'm going to share with you this quote from Tim Keller that I found this morning. Remember, I referred to it in the beginning of our time together. And it will 
just take me a moment to uh, find it here. But as we have seen in this message this morning, Jesus affects a response. And even in Herod, he affected a response. Remember, when the wise men came to Herod and said, Where is he who is born the king of the Jews? What did he say? He said, Find the young child and bring him to me so that I may worship him. But we all know that wasn't his intent. It was to kill him, to get rid of him because... He didn't want competition. And Jesus faced that all his whole life. People wanting to eliminate him from competition for their attention. But this is what Tim Keller writes in Hidden Christmas. In the Bible, the people who actually saw and heard Jesus never reacted indifferently or even mildly. Once they realized what he was claiming about himself... Either they were scared of him, or furious with him, or they knelt down before him and worshipped. But nobody simply liked him. Nobody said, he is so inspiring, he makes me want to live a better life. If the baby boy at Christmas is the mighty God, then you must serve him completely. May we have that attitude as we go forth from this place this morning. I wonder if we might end our time together by singing number 108 in the living hymns number 108 i believe thou didst leave thy throne